I asked my guest, Mike Wolwer, to pound the table for an IDP player. Mike, who you pounded the table for? I got two, so I'm going to kind of cheat. Um, I made the mistake of, of of making my thoughts known on one guy before the draft, and that's usually never a smart idea. But one of them was Terrell Bernard, but it's not really anymore. So two guys, Ernest Jones, Nicobe Dean, um, both in line for three down rolls. Um Dean could be wearing the dot as the defensive play caller. He's kind of been doing that during kind of these, these mini OTAs. Um, Rams haven't really done anything with linebacker position. So Nicobe Dean and Ernest Jones for me, I've got Dean. I've moved Dean up to LB 14 from LB 26. And I've got Jones as my LB 12. I love it. I love it. You know, those Rams, we've been waiting for somebody to emerge there. And now Wagner's gone and uh, Nicobe Dean slipped in that draft. We all loved him pre-draft. So uh, everybody, you heard it from Mike. Go get you some Nicobe Dean and Ernest Jones. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to after a podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Niles. Uh, Jen Akins is out this week, and so I decided that we would do a full IDP episode. So uh, this time we get Mike Wollert to join us, as I mentioned in the cold open. I'm pumped to have him here. Uh, resident IDP expert over at 444.com. You can, you can and should find Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert. Read all his stuff at 444. He produces the very best IDP content you can find, including weekly and preseason rankings, as well as weekly three-down linebacker reports during the season. Uh, within the past couple of weeks, he's put out his top rookie IDP players in his rankings breakdown, so check that out. Mike, thank you so much for coming back. How you doing, buddy? I am doing all right. Yeah, Jen's out. No supervision. Inmates are running the asylum tonight. Now it's, it's the IDP inmates running the asylum. No one says we can't now. No one says right? we can't tonight, Mike. Um, <laughs> a little bit of IDP news before we dig into it. We're going to go hard into IDP. We're going to go into your rankings a little bit. We're going to go into uh, players that you like. I'm going to ask you some basic questions, but a little bit of IDP news. Leonard Floyd signs with the Bills. You just talked about that Bills uh, crowded linebacker core. Uh, what do you think about Leonard Floyd there in the Bills? How does this affect the players there, and how does this affect Floyd? Well, I think uh, it's a a few things. I think with with Floyd, um, I think he's insurance for Von Miller if Von Miller's not ready for the season. I know Von is always, hey, I'm ready. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. But he may not. I don't see him ready. He's he. Th- I think they say week six. So I think Leonard Floyd is that is that insurance um, in case he does get put on the pup before the season. But it is a, it is a crowded rotation. Usually, no, you know. They play 40% of the snaps. They're always in and out. That's why they're always fresh. So I'm not expecting Floyd to be kind of the, like a three down edge rusher. So I think he's probably going to kind of be just a part of that rotation. And um, he still has some, some, some numbers, you know, he had a pretty solid pressure rate, Um, but uh, you know, we'll see what he has. He's entering his age 31 season, I believe. So he's, um, he's up there in age, but like I said, he'll probably just be part of that rotation. Uh, Bill's defense just kind of keeps getting stronger, right? Rotating in talent and going to definitely be set up for another deep run. As we get into IDP, I want to talk some basic stuff, which maybe we've covered before when we've talked, but just to make sure a little refresher things. Uh, I want to start out. Do you prefer leagues that separate defensive tackle and defensive end and then uh, cornerback and safety? Or do you like when they lump them into defensive line? and defensive back. I, I'm just curious because I've, those are the main variations I see in full IDP leagues. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I don't mind playing either way. I, I mean, I like the, 
the defensive tackles because they are you actually have to pay attention and you have to look at guys so they're more you know you, they have more value when you play the when you play them separate although there are guys now in the dl general that have some value jeffrey simmons dexter lawrence uh deron Payne, jonathan allen those guys you can draft in in general leagues and and you, you know they'll provide some sort of value but um like i said they they give them some worth so my you know these ideal guys are you know disruptive they're they get stats although they're not as uh, they don't get all the stats like the edge rushers go, and that's where you can kind of adjust some of the scoring. But no, I I like the um, uh, I, I don't mind the the uh, the separation. I think it kind of gives everybody some positional value and gives everybody value in, in your IDP league. I think my favorite league that I'm in is one where defensive tackles are separate and they get double the tackle points that the ends do. I kind of like that kind of format where yeah. it lofts up those players and especially those Washington stalwarts that you brought up uh, a little bit before. Um, cornerbacks and safeties, you said you you don't it, it doesn't really matter as much to you there. No, I mean because for the most part, even if I'll, I'll still wait on the position. I'll still stream the position, um, you know, wait on value for the, for the cornerbacks or the safeties. Um, I, I go to safeties no matter what, when it comes to the general. Um, but yeah, cornerbacks, I'll, I guess you can say you kind of treat them as the kickers or the defensive special teams. You kind of just, <laughs> you just wait on them and there's always going to be somebody or a couple of guys that'll always emerge also throughout the season. Um, that you can pick up and stream. So I know I just angered everybody that loves kickers and <laughs> but Jen's but, not here, so it's okay. It's Jen's so not here. It, it'll get out to her. So I just got to be prepared, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get ready for those angry tweets in the morning where uh, where it's, we said that Mike. Yeah, Bowen I'm gonna. I'll be I'll be turning my notifications off. I'll be turning. I know I'll be turning my notifications off. So everybody that's screaming at me is just going to basically be screaming in the dead air. I love it. Um, all my IDP leagues, they all switched to true position last year, uh, which is a, an interesting thing. Just to briefly recap, it's basically saying that guys like TJ Watt, instead of calling them linebackers, which is what they've done for years, and really deflating their value in uh, IDP leagues, which really capitalize on tackles for scoring, uh, you give them the pass rusher designation, and then you're able to play them at an end, which is more true to the position that TJ Watt plays in that defense. Uh, how's that been working out in your leagues and across the industry? And as far as your rankings are concerned, is that a much better situation? Oh, God. Um, by far. It's slowly but surely starting to be adopted. You're starting to see... Um, a lot of the platforms, they'll have the LBDL designation for guys like TJ Watt, um, or you'll start seeing an edge designation on some platforms. But um, I know Gary uh, Davenport, IDP Sharks, I know he works with MFL. I know he's finally getting some of the positions updated, and thank God that they have because our rankings pull from MFL, and it made my rankings this year so much more... I don't say easy, but it made them not as cumbersome because it's like, all right, TJ Watt, he's, he's a line, you know, he's not a linebacker, but I got to rank him, you know, according to what I think. And it's like, all right, he's an LB 28 and Micah Parsons is an LB 40. And it's like, that's not what they are. So they're not traditional linebackers. Um, so it's definitely a, it was definitely a lot less frustrating. I I'll, I'll say, uh, to do my rankings now that I can, I was able to rank Watt and Parsons and Zadarius Smith and Matthew Judon and all these guys that were linebackers are now defensive ends and defensive linemen. So I could like 
actually rank them a little bit more accurately um, and fairly than than under a linebacker. So, um, you know, one of my favorite breakouts I was able able to rank fairly um, as a defensive lineman instead of a linebacker. We'll probably be getting to him uh, a little bit later, but it definitely made the rankings much less frustrating to do. And and I think um, and hopefully everybody who does look at the rankings now kind of appreciates that. I, uh, I wore the Dolphins jersey just so I could bring up that gentleman that we will talk about <laughs> later on. So that's a Tua jersey, but it's, uh, you know, it's the same draft class and everything like that. So yep. <laughs> um, Jed Aikens popped on uh, to say hi, and I think we're in trouble, Mike. I oh, boy. We're in trouble. Oh, we love you, geez. Jen. We Sorry. love you, Jen. <laughs> Her, she she said she she felt a disturbance in the force. Someone's That's talking bad about kickers. Absolutely. She didn't have us on, but just suddenly she heard someone is dogging kickers. I have to be a part of this. So that's how that works. We love you, Jenna. We love we love kickers as well. Um, Mike, I is IDP growing in popularity? I feel like I don't get quite as many weird looks as I used to when I talk about three down linebackers in the green dot. <laughs> no, it's it's it's. It's definitely, I mean, I've been playing since 07. It's definitely grown. I still, it still think, it still seems a, a little bit niche, but I will say um, it's a very, let's see if it's a proper word. It's a very passionate community. That is for sure. Um, unfortunately, it can be a little Sith-like. So like <laughs> there's a section of the community that is, that speaks in just like absolutes. Um you know, like the big red commercial from Talladega Nights. You either <laughs> like, you either play this scoring, or and if you don't, then, well, you know the rest. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's very absolute. Like, if you don't do this, or or if you don't like this scoring, you you either want the standard, or you don't like ADP, IDP. And it's like, you don't want it to grow. It's like, no, I. it's the complete opposite. I think that's the beauty of, of IDP, that there really isn't, a standard scoring there's a there's a scoring base or there's a model that you can use and then you can tweak it however you see fit so you know if like you said if you have defensive tackles who may not get a lot of tackles or may get not may, might get a lot of sacks you know bump their scoring a little bit to you know make them you know in tune with the rest of the positions or bump the scoring to e to equal out the offensive position so uh, you know, you can be flexible. New stats are becoming available. You know, you can, you know, I'm in a league where we're using QB hits um, and we're using tackles for loss. So there's more stats that are going to become available. So, I mean, they're Hurries really too. almost, yeah, you almost can't have a standard or you could just, hey, here's kind of a base scoring, couple of different scoring models, formulas, tweak as you see fit and have fun playing you know there's that's the you know like i said that's that's the beauty of it and i just and i don't like oh there has to be the standard or else nobody wants this thing to grow it's like no if the content is there and people are talking about it and people are giving advice and if people are like welcoming to others that want to play it that's how it will grow not this all or nothing attitude about it so that's how i've always been that's always i'm way i'm going to operate um I know who I write for, and I will always write for people that want to learn, that want to grow, want to play, and that's that's kind of what what I write for. So um, that's so that's my spiel. But yeah, like for like I said, for you know an extra couple of points for defensive tackle batted passes, 
uh, maybe an extra point or two for sacks that for a cornerback, because that's typically not what they do. But if they get a sack, that's should be rewarded. Um, you know, like I said, adding scoring for tackles for loss, QB hits, sack yards. So like a half a point for every sack yard loss. Ooh, so that's a good one. you can you can I do like all so- exactly you do all sorts of things. So as long as you're playing fantasy football, IDP, non ADP, have fun. And that's what we're here. For. And that's that's the name of the game. I love it. I love it. Uh, Russell Mavis, thanks for listening. Uh, says to get rid of kickers and add a flex. I'll I'll do you one better, Russ. How about you allow kickers in the flex? A little Scott Fishbowl action there. I like that. Uh, the other thing in IDP, I'm a proponent of adding a punter slot in IDP leagues. I I know it's, I know it hasn't been done, but you could get some net yardage going on. You go inside the inside the twenties, inside the tens. I'm, I'm negative points for touchbacks, Mike. Punters in IDP. Your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I think that's probably where I'll draw the line. Although <laughs> I will say this, one of the, we did, um, there's, there's all 22 foot fantasy football now where you can actually draft offensive linemen and it's based on the pro football focus grade. So it's not necessarily like points or, you know, there's not points you're accumulating. It's, it's based on the grades. So, um, that could be good or bad, whether, whether you, whether you think their grades are good or not. You know, that's that's one thing. That's a whole probably another podcast that I'm not even going to get into. But that was a, a pretty fun format to drafting tackles. And you actually are like thinking like a general manager, like how you would draft your team. I'm, I'm so in. I'm so in. Give me all the stuff that lets me nerd out like that. I'm a huge fan, Mike. Uh, Terry, uh, thanks for listening to Kobe Dean Green Dot Gang. Make sure, Terry, you uh, follow Mike's article during the year, the three down linebacker article. He updates every single week. It's a fantastic article. Uh, it's kind of my number one thing I check throughout the week when I'm t- trying to look at any kind of streaming options that I need or someone that I need to pick up for a bye week or whatever the case may be. Uh, let's see here. I, you kind of already asked. I was going to ask you if you prefer a full-on IDP league where it's just all IDP players or IDP elements. And I think uh, from your previous answer, I would say you probably said both and and all, right? Yeah, I, I all IDP leagues though are, are lots of fun, just because obviously you're just that's that's all you're drafting is the defensive players. So it's interesting to see how where people's mindset goes when it comes to drafting. Um, I'm in a draft right now, and I'm I'm a if there was a show called linebacker hoarders, like the hoarder show, I'd probably be on that. I would probably be on that because I'm a linebacker hoarder. But um, in this case, you know, I'm paying attention to the scoring, you know, it was more big play. So, you know, you had your tackles for loss, you had your quarterback hit. So it's like, all right, first round going defensive lineman. I normally never do that. So just pay attention to your scoring system when it comes to things like that. But yeah, I, I do like the all IDP, but I do, I don't mind the, the mixed with, uh, with IDP. So you definitely got to watch what you do um, with your offensive players and, and, and how you're building out your roster. I love it. I love it. I actually, I've been preferring leagues that have a full offense and full defensive lineup because honestly, who doesn't want more people to root for on Sundays? Like, honestly, that's kind of where I land. <laughs> well, the funny thing is about fantasy, you know, you do, I do all this research, set on my lineups and you know what? I just, I shut the laptop off. And I just watch the foot. I just, I just watch games. I don't yeah. know. I may not know. I don't know. I don't have a running score of what's going on. I don't follow my, my teams. I don't have the live scoring. I just close the laptop and at about eight o'clock I'll open it up and I'll kind of see, all right, where do I stand? What do I need? And that's kind of, and cause if, cause if, if I followed it and watched it, I'd probably have a heart attack. I'd probably tilt every, every five seconds. It would not be, it would not be a, a pretty sight. 
That sounds like a healthy, healthy Sunday uh, activity. I, I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> well, I root for the Browns, so it kind of evens oh. out. So I get my stress True. anyway. <laughs> uh, Wes, yeah, send me an invite, man. I appreciate that. Wes Booth, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, says they have punters in their long-running dynasty league. A punting dynasty league. Give me all of that. Jeez. I'm here for this. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, let's go. Uh, let's talk specifically positions. Let's talk that defensive line. Now, in this, uh, we can we can separate defensive tackle and defensive end or mm-hmm. talk in general. I kind of have it outlined as a general defensive line. Um, let's talk about some early targets. Basically, who are you targeting early in drafts and how early do you target them? So I guess if you're if you're talking early, I guess again it kind of depends on on your scoring and how how your how your scoring is set up. So with defensive line, um I mean if if it's geared toward that you're you're you know, you're probably that's probably gonna be your first IDP. Um I try to get one of those elite guys, like, like in my tier, like in my top tier, I've got five guys. So if they go early, um, like if you're in a mixed and you're probably, you know, probably looking at for, you know, your those top five, you're probably looking at miles Garrett, you're probably looking at my Micah Parsons, uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa. Those guys are probably going to go in the fourth or fifth round of a mixed draft. Um, I probably not going to go that far. So I, as much as I like all those guys, I would much rather still kind of build out my offense and still go for the offensive guys. Um, so for a defensive lineman, I'm probably looking probably anywhere between like the eighth to 10th round, depending on the scoring. Cause that's probably where I'll probably take my first IDP. Um, it's probably guys I'm looking at. I, I really like Zadarius Smith this year with uh, you know, with him in Cleveland. Your boy. Um, Right alongside Miles Garrett, Garrett finally has somebody that is a compliment and not somebody that's gonna not show up. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what Jim Schwartz is going to do with him. I think there's just going to be a lot of just go get the quarterback. So Darius Smith is probably one of my one of my earlier targets. Um, but then it just it just you know whatever however the board shakes out i i do like to try to get at least one guy who's going to get double digit sacks or that mid double digit sack um i want to try to maybe get two but if i can get at least one um that i can just set and forget that i don't need to worry about uh streaming or you know geez i hope this guy has a, a good week or play a matchup i'll do that with like my dl3 all right i'll kind of stream them but yeah i definitely want to try to get at least one guy um you know borderline elite guy who's going to get me at least double digit sacks and then a mixed league you said around the eighth round is, is probably between yeah eighth round is usually when i'll start to look at my first idp um again if it's geared towards those big plays and sacks that's probably where i'll go with my with my first pick uh try to build out um a good defensive line group because uh, honestly linebacker is pretty deep um you can you can almost take a take a zero RB approach with linebacker and Ooh, like build that. yourself a pretty decent linebacker room um, with, with a lot of different guys. So, um, am I going to do that? I don't. I'm still a linebacker hoarder. I'm still a guy who wants all of the three down <laughs> linebackers because it's it's so funny. I mean, we all talk about defensive line sacks, 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 but you know what? Everybody loves linebackers. I look at some of my numbers and stats from the articles that I post. 
my my linebacker articles are getting clicks nearly four to one compared to the other positions. So everybody's still linebacker thirsty. Um, they are. They're like they all want that next guy. They all want that next guy. It's like the running back. Okay, this guy's down. Who's coming up? So yeah, that's. Um, the, but yeah, the, the defensive line. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm looking anywhere between the eighth to tenth round. Now, in full-on IDP leagues, not the mixed leagues, but where it's just IDP, uh, how early do those top guys go? Do we see them? In the oh, first you're round? they're they're okay. for second round. Yeah, like I said, I took Miles Garrett with my first in, a, in the first round in this one draft I'm in. Um, okay. So I and I had the fifth pick. So I'm like, all right, I'm targeting defensive line. I know with the fifth pick, I'm going to get one of my top tier guys. So I'm not too worried about it um, because we're they, you know, it was scoring sacks. You know, I think sacks were high, QB hits were high. Um, they were doing tackles for loss and tackles were only like solo tackles were a little over a point and assisted tackles were around maybe a half a point or three quarters of a point. So as much as I wanted, you know, a, 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 a Foisade Lucone or a, a Nick Bolton, uh, I'll, I'll take one of the elite edge rushers uh, with that first pick. Sorry, I got very excited. You said Nick Bolton, and my heart just left. I'm sorry. I've got a, I've got a lot of Nick Bolton in my dynasty formats. That just very well, you're you're in good shape. You're in good shape. <laughs> um, so uh, I I want to since you do have the the rookie articles out, you also have your rankings uh, articles out as well, which everyone should definitely check out. But you have some excellent rookie articles right now, where you talk about rookies to target. Uh, can you give us a little preview of some of the rookies at the defensive line position that you think are worth targeting in in uh, in, in redraft as well as dynasty? Yeah, I mean, redraft, I mean, obviously Will Anderson. So, I mean, he has the a, a clear path to a full-time role, um, not only just because he was one of the elite pass rushers in, in the draft, but the draft capital with Houston trading up to get him to go after him. So, and with Houston's defensive line still being relatively shallow, um, I mean, he's a clear path to a, to a full-time role. And I love... Um, for people that have played IDP for, for as long as I have, D'Amico Ryans was an IDP stud and he did wonders with San Francisco. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with Will Anderson. Um, so yeah, he's probably a guy you'll be able to target redrafted dynasty. Um, you know, Will Anderson's probably a first round pick in a rookie draft. Um, you're probably looking at maybe as a, I would probably target him more as a DL three in redraft. Um, he does have the upside for obviously has upside for double sacks in his rookie year. Um, and I also like Lucas Van Ness and his spot in green Bay. Um, he's got a, I think he has a pretty good path to, uh, to a pretty significant role. I think he should be the, the second edge rusher opposite Preston Smith. So, you know, you're probably looking at 50 to 60% of the snaps, I think this year. Excellent. I, I like that. I wasn't thinking Lucas Van Ness, all those pass rushers, which we'll get to a couple of those guys as well, but uh, how those pass rushers and you went with Van Ness. I like that. I like that. Uh, before we get to some specific players that I want to talk about today, uh, any sleepers we should be looking at defensive line. You talked about maybe waiting a little bit at the position, uh, getting one solid guy, then picking somebody up late, maybe a hero defensive line uh, strategy a little bit. Who's a sleeper that you're targeting? Um some guy that kind of fell off and then I, I, I looked at him again uh, before the rankings before I was doing, but Michael Hecht from the Rams. I mean, he looks like he's going to be in line for uh, a full-time role as a, as an edge rusher. I mean, there's no Leonard Floyd. Um, and anytime anybody's playing alongside Aaron Donald, you know, you've got a good chance to, to produce some numbers. 
I, I like that. And the Rams, a, a team that just didn't add a whole lot in the offseason. So it no, makes sense didn't. to kind of figure out who they're going to who they're gonna bring up. And uh, along the lines of the Rams, you talk about Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's great player, obviously. He's getting a little bit up there in age. Uh, where do you value him in dynasty formats? Obviously, in redraft, he's still valuable. But coming off an injured season, he's getting up there. In dynasty formats, is it time to maybe jump ship with Aaron Donald? I honestly, I probably would have sold him after the Super Bowl. Ah. Um, because I mean, he's kind of getting you know, he's kind of hitting that age 30 season, and I'd, I'd probably would have tried to capitalize on his name, um, right after the Super Bowl. But I still think he ha- he still has name value. It's pr- as you wait on some of these guys, the return's going to get a little lower just because you know he's getting up there in age, he's still a, a dominant player. But, um, but yeah, I'd probably, if you're not in contention and you have Aaron Donald, you probably want to look to potentially um, get what you can for him, build up some draft picks, and maybe sell them to a, a contender or try to get some draft picks. And in a mixed league, especially one that separates defensive tackle, I think you get a first for him right now. I think uh, from a contending team. I think so. Yeah. First, yeah. Second, yeah. I mean, that'd be for a contending team, you're probably looking at a late first. I think that makes sense. I would do that as well. Uh, let's talk about those other rookies. Specifically, I really want to talk about Tyree Wilson uh, because he was highly drafted, uh, considered by some to be the best pass rusher in this draft. I know Will Anderson was pretty consensus, but there were there were those uh, counterculture uh, rumblings about Tyree Wilson. There goes to the Raiders, who already have a phenomenal pass rusher in Max Crosby. Uh, what's your thoughts on Tyree Wilson now and later? I think with Wilson, um, I do I do think he lands in a pretty good spot opposite um opposite Crosby. Um I think they drafted Chandler Jones as replacement, and I think that replacement uh will probably come sooner rather than later. Um I think with his draft capital, I think you're kind of probably you're probably gonna see him on the field pretty pretty early. Um and you might see him as uh on a rotation probably with uh you know, you'll see him with a rotation with Jones. So um Good draft capital, good draft stock, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good numbers coming out of college. So, um, you know, he was a, uh, I think he was at A and M before he switched to Tech, and um, you know, really solid pressure rate. I think metrics that can uh, and should uh, translate to the pre- or to the NFL. Pretty solid pressure rate, uh, good win rate. Um, I think he had a thirty-seven percent pass rush win rate in college. Oh, that's impressive, um, which actually. for which for if you're not familiar, the win rate is basically beating your blocker fewer than two and a half seconds to get to the quarterback. So if he's doing that 37% of the time, obviously the, the, the transition to the NFL, he's going to be facing a uh, much better offensive lineman, but um, coming in with those numbers and that, and that pedigree, I think definitely puts him in some pretty good shape. And he's just a monster. You look at him like he's an absolute monster. Like if space aliens came to Earth to try and challenge Bugs Bunny in a game of pass rushing, they would steal Tyree Wilson's like physical metrics. That's what they would do. <laughs> uh, tell me about Jalen Carter. Uh, and I'm talking defensive tackle separate leagues, right? Because obviously he's going to have less value in defensive line leagues. Uh, a lot of people had him as the number one rated talent in this draft of any position obviously he drops a little bit due to off-field concerns theoretically uh philly gets him what do you think about jalen carter's fantasy prospects so what well one it looks like philadelphia's just building georgia's defense it's like totally, philadelphia's right? looking at like okay <laughs> this is the best defense they beat alabama twice we're just gonna draft those guys and that's just gonna be the end of it i mean hard um, to argue too much <laughs> no, it isn't so 
what it looks like it it almost looks like philly they they like redshirt these guys so um you know they did the same thing last season uh you know they basically redshirted nicobe dean i think i i can't remember offhand the name escapes me i think they drafted an interior lineman from georgia last year i think whatever um uh carter's yeah uh, jo- teammate jordan, jordan davis big old yes. nose tackle he was yes. up and down last year in and out um, of the lineup but basically again there's you know there's a, a a rotation very similar to what buffalo uh deploys keeping their guys fresh keeping guys in and out so it wouldn't surprise me if if Carter didn't play um, a full down role. I know with Javon Hargrave gone, that kind of opens some things up. But um, I kind of see there that kind of a, a similar kind of rotation. Although if they're just going to say, you know what, we're just going to put all these Georgia guys together and let them play, that that certainly is going to change the entire conversation. Excellent. Yeah, just just curious how that Philly situation is going. It's hard to argue with that platoon approach on the defensive line, though, after we've seen so many mm-hmm. successful teams do. I still think of the Giants and the Patriots beating days. Like that, it's how they beat them was a platoon defensive line. So yep. uh, I love it. I let's stay in the NFC East here. I want to talk to Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Uh, can they both produce again? Because they were the DT one and DT three in DT specific leagues last year. Well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, there were really no changes in Washington's schemes. Um, they're coming back. It's pretty much that same defensive line. You still got Montez Sweat, uh, Payne, and uh, and Allen. Those guys wreaked havoc. So, you know, are they going to – I can see them putting up similar numbers, but, you know, with there, there is variance at the position. But, I mean, I'd have no problem taking either – either one or both as, as defensive tackles in my league and having both on my team. I'm going to have more Washington defender questions for you later when we talk linebackers, but it's an interesting team in general, mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. A lot of, a lot of interest. There's going to be some fantasy gold to mine in that. Oh in the, on yeah. That I mean, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the few defenses where you could like, all right, I'm going to, you could almost have three guys. I mean, you could draft Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne start all three and be okay with it <laughs> you know That's you impressive. don't i mean it, it you don't really need to worry about can i mean almost cannibalizing because they just they all produce in different ways and you know is that ron rivera is that is it rivera's impact there um uh, rivera and, and del rio uh, yeah rivera and del rio uh, jack del rio i think is the coordinator there yep, so i mean that's right yeah so yeah, I mean, plus they're just they're just monster football players. So just, I mean, they're just, just monsters. I'm just gonna kill whoever has the ball. So here's the Brandon's personal fantasy team uh, question that that <laughs> okay. we're gonna have to get to with every category, right? Uh, is Frankie Luvu for real? Because with Carolina last year, he was a monster, and I picked him up on waivers in every league. And I want to know, like, can I be as excited about him this year as I was last year? Luvu was weird. He weird man. He was he was he was one of those waiver wire heroes. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it happen. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I don't know what he's going to, if he's going to play again at that tweener position that, I mean, I'd imagine he's going to have that same role, but I, it's hard to say. I don't know. I, he, he, he's one of, one of few, a few guys that I was really going back and forth on projections with um, just because it was such a, a, an outlier year for him after being with the jets and then now being in Carolina and then all of a sudden he kind of explodes. So um, I think he's one of those guys that's going to have to prove it, uh, show it to me again. Um, kind of like Jalen Thompson um, defensive back with Arizona exploded for, for well over hundred tackles. And I'm like, all right, he's just gonna, I don't know. He's it's a career year. And you, 
an outlier. So I, I don't know why he has to see it again and kind of had a, a pr- relatively similar year, a little fewer tackles, but still, okay. So I think I got to take, I'm thinking I'm going to take that same approach with, with Frankie Louvu. Um, I've got him in a pretty similar tier. I think I have him in that third tier, but there's still other linebackers within that tier that I would prefer over Frankie Louvu that I think are a little bit, little bit safer. He was a pass rusher with the Jets and yes, get, had was. the D line and then comes yeah. and he's got that linebacker. The linebacker kind of, designation is what makes me scared. If he gets that D D line designation, yeah. I'll be so excited. <laughs> yeah. If he gets it, yeah, that'll that'll change everything if he's mostly defensive line. But I think he did play enough mostly of a linebacker. mix as an off ball linebacker that he's gonna probably keep that linebacker designation. I think you're right. Okay, so uh now's the time where I let you tell me why Jalen Phillips is going to be the defensive player of the year, because that's all I want to hear is that Jalen <laughs> Phillips is going to take my dolphin <laughs> promised land. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not, not, not to give uh, too much weight. He's definitely going to be on, uh, on my DL breakouts list for, for this year. Ooh, um, excellent. If you've read my lineman, if you've read my defensive lineman breakdown uh, rankings breakdown, I've already wrote a little bit about him. I really, um, I think he's in for a pretty, pretty special year. I think he's in for definitely a breakout year. Um, he incre- increased his pressure rate and win rate uh, from his rookie year to a sophomore year. Um, and I think there, again, there's a lot to like heading into the year three with, with Vic Fangio. So um, I had him as my DL 25 and I've moved him up to that second tier as my DL 18. Oh, excellent. See, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I love this kid. This kid is exciting. He's yeah. going to be great. That's all I have. That's I, I, what I'm hearing is defensive player of the year. Too. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, if you can get a good number on him, I mean, like if he's like plus 8,000 or something, like, why not? <laughs> I put eight, five bucks on him to be defensive player of the year. Why the hell not? All right. All right. Let's go to linebackers. Uh, everybody's uh, favorite. Everybody loves here. linebackers. Yep. Yeah. Everybody loves linebackers. Uh, kind of similar questions, formats to defensive line. Let's start with early targets. Who are you targeting early? And then uh, when in uh, the draft should we be looking at these top guys? So with all IDP, I mean, you, you, you know, obviously your first, you know, probably one of your first round picks, depending on your scoring. But again, um, I'm someone who does kind of want to build out my offense because I've I've done dra- I've I've tinkered with drafts where I'm like all right fifth round I took like Roquan Smith and then I missed out on some other offensive guys and it kind of hampered my depth a little bit when it came to to offensive positions so again I kind of look at the eighth round um, you know I'd like to have a couple of running backs three to four wide receivers maybe a tight end I definitely want to have my quarterback. Um, and then around the eighth round, like I said, is probably where I'm looking at my first IDP. Guys like, you know, again, with, with scoring, however it's set up, guys like um, Aluokan, Roquan Smith, Nick Bolton, you're probably going to see them going in the fifth, sixth round. That's still a little little too rich for my blood, um, especially with given how deep the, the linebacker position is. When you get into that second to third tier, although – you know, Nick Bolton had 180 tackles, but you have a bunch of guys in that second to third tier that are still full-time guys, three down guys that are going to get you between, you know, 120, 150 tackles. So usually around the eighth round is probably where I'll start looking to, to go with my first IDP. Um, and in redraft, I think there's still that old man value. I mean, you've got guys like Bobby Wagner. Um, I think Devondra Campbell is being a little bit undervalued. Um, you know, everybody, um, you know, CJ Mosley, I think, it, you know, 
uh, CJ Mosley, all those kind of older guys. I think even Levante David is useful as an LB3. I think people kind of tend to look at the shiny new toys, those rookies and those second year linebackers. Um, Cause Quay Walker had a really solid rookie year, but Campbell missed a handful of games. And um, if you kind of see where, where Campbell was, was going, you're, you're, he's going to finish as a, another LB one. So, you know, I think Campbell is again, kind of still over or underrated. Um, I think one of my favorite targets though, is, is Bobby O'Karake landing in um, landing with the giants. So um, the, he's probably one of my, probably one of my favorite guys that uh, the landing spot was, uh, you know, was fantastic. He's, perfect landing spot um they've been bereft of talent at the linebacker position for for so long um i think their last really good linebacker was antonio pierce if i'm if i'm not mistaken Mike um, martinez put up some numbers for them but yeah he but he wasn't necessarily good. good yeah <laughs> yeah he wasn't there, there's that there's that misnomer that tackles equals yep. a really good player and it doesn't Deion necessarily Jones. yeah so <laughs> so um I think he gets uh, a little bit of a new start. He has a really good defensive coordinator with Luke Martindale. Um, I think last year the Colts were starting to scale back his snaps because he wasn't going to come back. Um, Shaq Leonard's injury just kind of ruined all that. Um, PFF graded him pretty well, pretty rated him uh, really good against the run, above average in coverage. But Giants fans, if you got, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, you were dealing with guys like Blake Martinez, you were dealing with Tay Crowder, uh, really ugly coverage linebackers uh Karake is going to make those guys look like Darrell Rivas <laughs> <laughs> so I think you pretty you uh, yeah he's oh Karake is going to be Darrell Rivas compared to some of those guys in coverage <laughs> that's amazing I love this I I like that I love Bobby Okereke a big fan of him uh, I I wanted to so let's see we talked about how early to target these guys let's go back to your rookie article let's talk about uh let's start with Jack Campbell we got to start with Jack Campbell highest drafted linebacker uh, looks the part, lands in the spot where they really need a, a, a three-down linebacker. How good is Jack Campbell? What can we expect from him as a rookie? Um, I mean, ceiling-wise, I think you could be looking at Luke Keekley. Um, I think well, he's I like got that. that. I think he's got that smarts. He's got that look, and think he has the the mental makeup, the the intelligence. Um, I mean, for me, as far as a middle linebacker goes, or even just an off-ball linebacker. Um, he's, I mean, he's already better than Alex Anzalone. I mean, Anzalone is a good talker, good communicator. I mean, he, he had a command of the defense and that's probably what Dan Campbell liked about him. But I think Jack Campbell, when you bring the intelligence and the play, I mean, that's gotta put him above someone like Alex Anzalone, who's just, you know, he's, he's an above average replacement player. If that he's a lunch um, guy, you know? Yeah. You know, and, you know, people call him Thor because of the hair, and that's a dig at Thor, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but I think Campbell is probably going to, I mean, you know, first-round pick on an off-ball linebacker, you would think he was at least going to be a three-down guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he was wearing the dot out of the right out of the gate. Um, so I think he, you know, I think he was probably, uh, yeah, I think he's a shoe in for at least, I mean, playing at least 85 to 90% of the snaps. 
I, I took him 12th in a dynasty league. So in a, in a mixed uh, offense and defense dynasty league, I took him as the second IDP player off the board. So uh, Will Anderson Willie, being number one. Yeah. yeah Will Anderson yeah. went number one. So he went like 10th or something. Will Anderson did. So uh, yeah, I, I love Jack Campbell. I'm excited about him. Excited to see that Detroit uh, defense just in general. Excited to see what happens with that. Uh, the other rookies I'm curious about. There's a lot of rookies to talk about. I really want to hone in on two of these guys. Number one, uh, Dorian Williams. I know he's someone that you kind of liked. Buffalo is kind of a murky situation, though, uh, but there's also some opportunity. So what do you think about Dorian Williams? Yeah, you know, I uh, was on a, a pod earlier in the in the preseason talking about rookie linebackers, and Dorian Williams was one of the guys I really liked. I know not a big school. I think he came out of Tulane, so not a huge school. Um, but with Buffalo, you've got – there's going to be some competition, but, he, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is gone. Um, you're probably looking at, at Matt Milano kind of coming in and, and re- taking, you know, keeping his role a- as a three down guy. But I think you're going to have probably a three linebacker combination with Terrell Bernard, um, Terrell Dodson and, and Dorian Williams. Um, I don't think any of them have really a leg up on one another and, um, uh, there's going to be a competition. And if, I mean, if Dorian Williams, leads that competition and heads out with a three down roll. I mean, you're looking at, uh, I mean, potentially 115 tackles as a rookie, you're looking at a full-time role. So wow. um, if that's the case, because Buffalo is pretty much primarily, they pretty vanilla. I mean, vanilla, when it comes to linebackers, you're they're trotting out two linebackers full-time every time mix in a third. They're rarely going with like a, a dime or a one linebacker. So if it's Milano and Dorian Williams, those are, those are going to be the guys who are going to be on the field. Excellent. I, I, I like that. He's an interesting guy. Just the athleticism just pops out when you watch his college tape. So it's always interesting. Yeah. It's got that good speed, length, you know? got length. Yep. Very, yeah. Very good. Uh, uh, very good length, no wasted movement, no wasted motion. And just, uh, um, and I think he's a little bit ahead in coverage too. I mean, he does a good, you know, I know it's a little bit lesser talent than what he was probably than, you know, when you're facing, when you're in an Alabama or when you're in one of the bigger conferences, but um, you know, it does a good job in coverage uh, disguising what he's doing. And uh, uh, for whatever reason though, he leaves his feet. It's like, dude, just, just stay on the field and just wrap. <laughs> I love it. Uh, one more rookie I want to talk about. So I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I asked you after I'd already taken Jack Campbell. I was like, I need another linebacker. I'm going to check. I'm going to check with Mike. And you said I haven't really looked hard yet. Just get Diane Henley. So how soon could Diane Henley get on the field to get some snaps? Because that seems like a crowded mess of a linebacker room as well. Not, in, in uh, with the Chargers. Not really. Um, ah. Especially with not really with the Chargers. I mean, they, Drew Tranquil went to Kansas City. Um, the, the fifth-year option was not picked up on Kenneth Murray. Um, Kenneth Murray, and at least as far as I'm concerned, has been a bust um, as a first-round pick. So, but Murray is still there. But but I he agree is still with there. You. But he this is bust, he's yeah. just he's he hasn't he hasn't been good. Yeah, they brought um, in Eric Kendricks is the only really really yeah. So yeah, exactly. So when you're looking at um, uh, so when you're looking at that again, the Chargers are. Um, prime you know primarily a, a two linebacker system um you know kendrick's obviously free agent contract big contract he's he's probably going to be on the he's obviously going to be the the full-time guy three down guy um i think henley could see significant snaps snaps by mid i'm going to say by mid-season 
Um, Ooh, I like this. I like because of course yeah. I drafted him after you told me to. So <laughs> uh, he he's pretty he's good in zone coverage, which a lot of defenses are still doing zone. Does really good in zone coverage. Um, he he's a little bit more of a of a weak side guy, so he's probably going to play that right side over on the weak side. Um, sure tackler doesn't miss five uh, five missed tackles all of last season, which wow. for an off ball linebacker in college, you know, you see these guys with. 10, 12, 15, 16, missed, five, five missed tackles. So he missed one tackle. Um, basically, yeah, just basically missing uh, a tackle in every like 15 attempts. So um, he's a really good athlete, really uh, just athletic. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of a, of a Devin White. Um, can get to the quarterback and can get and is really good in the run. I like it. Yeah, all those college libraries, they all have that hit stick in Madden, right? They all just try to do Yeah, it. exactly. And they just make the dive, and it's like you just totally whiff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's talk those sophomores a little bit. We'll breeze through the sophomores. Kind of a disappointing season. We didn't have a rookie who just, like, took off, right? So Quay Walker was fine. Devin Lloyd was fine. I want to talk about, you know, if you have big impressions on those two, I want to hear it. But really, I want to talk about Troy Anderson, who uh, has a lot of talent and ability. And Rashawn Evans is gone in Atlanta. They need someone to step up. Are you bullish on Troy Anderson? Yeah, I am. Um, he kind of got into a, a full-time role over the last four or five weeks of the season where he's playing 85, uh, over a little over 80, 85% of the snaps. Um, had some warts, but yeah, I think he's in uh, one of those guys that's in line for for a full-time role. Um, obviously, last season, Falcons traded away uh, Deion Jones. Uh, Michael Walker fell out of favor uh, after being kind of that, starting out as a full-time guy, three-down guy. Um, kind of fell out of favor, and they wanted to see what they had in Troy Anderson. And, uh, you know, he came through um obviously had some some rough grades but um falcons didn't again really do much and one another one of those teams like the rams didn't really do much with the linebacker position so i think they feel pretty comfortable going with what probably i think is going to be i mean i they haven't brought back rashawn evans i do think michael walker's still there so i mean you could be seeing trey anderson michael walker on the field a little bit more I, I, I hope so. I, I like that kid. I kind of like this profile coming out. He's another lunch pail kid, right? Another guy who comes to work. Uh, I want to talk about the Browns situation. So I TJ Edwards, Rough. they bring in and I was excited, right? I was like, they've got T- Browns. Or, sorry, did you say bears? Browns. I'm sorry. Bears. I meant. I'm I like, wait, Browns, did, wait, wait, bears. Browns, Browns got in. When did they get TJ Edwards? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Real, I meant bears, back, to I the, back to the Falcons, back to the Falcons. Uh-huh. They actually did bring in Caden Ellis. So I think, oh. I think Caden Ellis, um, looking at things a little bit more. So I think Caden Ellis is probably going to play a little bit more than Michael Walker, but I still like Troy Anderson um, as a, as a full-time guy. Excellent. Yeah. I said Browns, I meant bears. So that bears situation really excited. I'm like, wait, we got TJ Edwards. All right. That changes a whole lot. (laughs) So the bears, uh, you know, they trade away Roquan Smith. They bring in TJ Edwards and I was very excited, but then they signed Tremaine Edmonds. And so now I don't know what to do. I've got Jack Sanborn. Should I drop him? Uh, they've got the rookie Noah Sewell, who's a talented kid out of Oregon. Like, what? Are, how are you approaching that Chicago Bears linebacker core in fantasy? If I'm a Jack Sanborn owner, I'm probably definitely shower crying. Um, <laughs> after Because, I mean, one, he got he hurt. He was a waiver a wire re- guy, right? He so. was a waiver wire guy, but he got hurt at a really inopportune time. And the Bears, you know, they're again two linebackers they run two linebacker system packages about 70 percent of the time 65 70 percent of the time 
while they do have a third linebacker on, it's still about 30% of the time. So very, very limited snap. So if I'm a Jack Sanborn owner, I'm probably just dropping him because they signed, they signed TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edwards to some pretty long deals and to some pretty lucrative contracts. Now, NFL five-year deals don't mean crap. I, I understand that. It's I mean, true. it could it's, end up being a one to two year deal, deal yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, um, both of those guys I think are are probably going to be there for more than two years. So I'm probably not, like I said, Jack Sanborn, probably not someone that is worth holding on to um, a roster spot. I mean, I guess if you want, if you can put him on a taxi squad and just let him ride there for a few years, maybe, but I'm not really a fan of Noah Sewell either. So it's basically the Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edward show. All right. That makes sense. I was, I, I, you know, I just had this like hesitation to drop Sanborn, but now I feel confident doing it. Uh, Bruce Cartwright. Thanks for listening. Asked about Josie Jewell in Denver. That Denver situation has been uh, something we've been watching and trying to figure out and make sense of over the past several years. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think of Josie Jewell's fantasy prospects this year? I mean, as long as he remains healthy, he and he and Singleton will be the full time guys. I think I got Jewel as my LB fifteen, so he's he's a weekly LB one. So I've I have no real concerns over him. Um, I've seen Drew Sanders as a as an edge guy as a defensive line. I don't know. Oh. I don't see Drew Sanders really having too much of a, of an impact in his rookie year. So I think for this year, I think you if you're a Josie Jewel owner, I think you should be all right. Um, but uh, Rookie linebackers just in general over the over the past couple of years, um, you know, it used to be, you know, you could pick four, five, six rookies that, you know, are going to come in and play right away. But it just seems like they're they're more like learning on the job. And then like midseason, they'll play a few, you know, they'll play some games, play a handful of snaps. And then it's like they get into that second or third year. So um, that's kind of what's been tricky with some of the uh, with the rookie linebackers recently. Definitely, uh, definitely the trend. Definitely what we've been seeing lately. Uh, I I had some more linebacker questions. I'm going to hit a couple of these, but I, I as usual, I'm holding you for a long period of time, Mike. So I'm going to try to kind of rush through. <laughs> Luckily, DBs, it's okay to rush through DBs a little bit. I want to ask you about Jamin Davis because toward the end of last season, he really started to come on and become the guy that we all kind of hoped he would be when he came out of Kentucky. Uh, do you think he continues that ascension this year in that Washington defense? Uh, I mean, I think so. Um, again, there, there are two linebacker system, what seems to be the majority, but yeah, there are two linebacker system. Um, they were in, they were in big, uh, big dime type uh, packages or one linebacker packages for about 15% of the time. Um, I think it could be Davis who comes off the field, but I'm not quite sure, but I think Davis should be uh, a 75 to 80% snap guy. I know again, a first round pick, I think they may want to see what he's got um, as a big, Cody Barton guy, you know, um, Barton could be the three down guy, but I think with, with Davis, he could be the three, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's going to be probably that, um, training camp battle to kind of see who, whoever gets that dot, whoever's the play caller is definitely the guy I'm going to gravitate towards. So, um, I think with the familiarity with the system, I think that gives Jam and Davis probably a little bit of an edge, uh, when it comes to a three down role or, or play, uh, making the play or, you know, calling the plays for the defense. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, you know, the Seattle Seahawks situation was uh, fun to try and guess last year and kind of ride along with whatever ride they had going on the linebacker situation. Is that now just Bobby Wagner? Or are you interested in any of the other players there? Um, 
Uh, I'd be interested in Devin Bush. So I think Devin Bush is probably going to be um, uh, probably an LB4, LB5 if he gets 70 to 75% of the snaps. Okay. Um, Seahawks went a little bit with uh, with some dime packages. I know it was Barton's play kind of showed up on tape as him not being good, <laughs> even though he's one of my favorite <laughs> targets, but he still managed to, to put up some tackles. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Bobby Wagner, or if you get into those later rounds and you kind of need to fill out your room, uh, be Devin Bush. I didn't rank. I'm not ranking Jordan Brooks. Um, oh, wow. I mean, it I, makes sense, but just, I, wow. I don't, I just don't know. I mean, if I ranked him, he'd probably be my LB like 80. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I projected him for more for more than, I mean, 250 snaps. I mean, if he's back after Thanksgiving, I mean, what, you know, where did, I mean, if you want to pick him up as a waiver wire to see what happens, but um, as far as pre-draft, I'm probably, I'm, I'm not, I don't think you, you can't, I don't, you can't draft him. I don't think he's not even worth, worth a roster spot for. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's uh it's bush and and um it's bush and, and wagner right now um i know we've got a few questions bruce cartwright uh buddha baker for me uh west yeah i mean brooks still has his dynasty value he's still young you know seahawks didn't pick up his fifth year option so um after this year if he tests the free agent market if he can land in a good spot um he'll still retain his value so yes i would still hold on him he still has some some dynasty value um if you have him you're probably not going to get much for a trade so you're probably not going to want to trade him, but if you're looking to acquire, um, I mean, throw out a fourth or a fifth round rookie pick and kind of see what happens. But yeah, I think he still has some value. Um, his 23 season though, I think is probably going to be a lost season. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I've got two more linebacker questions that we'll do some quick DB stuff. Uh, Bruce, I also want to say, uh, I'm also on, on board with Buda Baker, Julian Love, uh, huge season for the Giants, but I'm kind of a wait and see guy with Julian mm-hmm. Love. Mike, are you kind of wait yeah. and see with him now that he's in Seattle? Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll yep. see. I, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, two more linebackers. Uh, JOK Browns situation. Uh, I'm going to let you yeah. just kind of go on the Browns for a minute. He's probably one of the guys who've had a tough, the toughest time ranking and projecting because I don't know, I don't know, how, I just don't know what his role is going to be. I think. With Anthony Walker coming back, I think Jim Schwartz really kind of likes the veteran guys. And Anthony Walker, once he went down, the linebacker group just fell apart. They were a really bad unit. Um, I think Anthony Walker will probably bring some some veteran stability again. He's probably going to be the one that calls the plays. Um, but Jim Schwartz is and has been pretty much a two-linebacker uh, defensive coordinator when he calls his defenses. So. I think JOK is probably going to be a three down guy. The thing again, he's kind of slight. He's not a big frame. So prone to injury. Um, if he, you know, you kind of almost have to bake in the fact that he's, he could miss some games, but as far as a full-time role, I think this is probably the year JOK gets a full-time role um, and gets a chance to play. So, um, I think it's probably going to, I think it's probably going to be Walker and JOK as the, as those full-time three down guys. Um, you know, Jacob Phillips got injured again. Um, Sion Takitaki's coming off of a, of a, of a knee injury. I think again, at a, at a bad time, uh, near the end of the season, I mean, they brought him back to a very, very low contract. It's nothing that 
would be prohibitive to say, yeah, we have to get him back and we have to play him. I mean, they signed him to a couple million dollars. So the way I'm kind of seeing how things will shake out, it'll probably be JOK and Anthony Walker as the, uh, as the three down guys. Walker uh, quietly a little nice little waiver pickup. Like he's always available and he puts up numbers like he puts up tackles. So I mean, it's, if he's a full-time guy, I mean, you could probably look at a hundred tackles. So I've got 10,000 linebackers to ask you about, but I'm going to switch to DBs now. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so no, everybody DBs. likes linebackers. Yeah, hey, you know, bring it, whatever. <laughs> we're going to do, let's hear. So quick hits. Uh, we're going to, we're going to breeze through the DBs here. Uh, quick hits, early targets. And when do you target a DB? Early targets. I, I still like Grant Telpit. I have, I might be higher than most on him. I have him as my DB five. Um, I think in, in, probably tackle heavy formats. I think he did finish as a top 10 DB. So um, I still like Grant Delpit and I'll always, and I just, I can't quit Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar is probably (laughs) going to be back um, in more of a full-time role. I think, I don't know what they, you know, I don't know what Belichick was doing with them last year. Belichick, as we know, hates dying, hates fantasy football. So again, that's now that he's probably realizing, Oh, they're playing defensive players. I'm going to mess with them on both sides of the field. So um (laughs) But yeah, Kyle Duggar and and Grant Delbert are are kind of two guys that I that I want. Um, and as far as when I target them, that's probably I usually like to ha- if if I'm in a league that's starting two to three defensive linemen, two to three linebackers, I probably like to have at least two defensive starters and at least four linebackers before I probably consider my DB. And so you're probably looking at 14th, 15th round before I even look at my first DB. Um, I love Derwin James, but I'm probably not going to have any Derwin James because he's going probably ninth or 10th round. Um, You know, guys like Buda Baker are probably going in that spot too. Um, I love Jalen Petre, but I'm not touching him at his ADP because there's definitely no way he's going to get 140 tackles again. So, and in in most instances, (laughs) the DB one doesn't, doesn't repeat. So I'm not touching Jalen Petre unless he falls to the 15th round. I'm just not going to have him in redraft. So um, I got lucky in my keeper league and took him. Uh, I think I watched a preseason game. I think I saw him get a couple of tackles. My draft spot came up and I took him. So I got the Petre, uh, the Petre bias, but yeah. So I'm probably looking at the 14th, 15th round before I, before I look at my first DB. And usually I think you can probably get, a uh a grant you'll probably be able to grant, get grant Delpit and kyle duggar in that area yeah i uh i stream db so i'm with you i i stream uh yeah. especially corner but i also stream save i mean i picked up marcus epps mid-season mid-season last year and he was fine so worked out just fine uh in do you like any of the rookies this year i mean we'll talk about detroit but uh any of those rookie corners and quarterback specific leagues any of those guys stand out to you as worth considering there were about five or six safeties that i absolutely loved after the draft, they had horrible landing spots <laughs> and it just took I'm like ugh. Brian Branch. I mean, he um, uh, Brian Branch, I think, has a, ch- has a chance to be kind of that. That overhang guy that plays in the slot, that plays in the box, I think he can kind of be that third safety. Um, I think Kirby Joseph could kind of be that in the box type safety also, but I think Brian branch is going to kind of be end up, end up being that third guy. Um, There weren't, there weren't really a whole lot of guys or safeties that find that, that are going to come in and maybe play hundred percent of the snaps. There's one guy I know I just, I I retweeted um, something about uh, Jair 
Jared Brown, I think, in San Francisco has a shot. But, I mean, if he's going to be a deep guy, great. He's going to play deep. So his tackle opportunities may not be there. I mean, it's still um, – I'm going to totally butcher this guy's name. Talanoa Hafunga, he's probably going to be the box guy. So that's the guy I want. But um, but I love Jamie Robinson. I hate the spot in Carolina. Um, so they really landed in some some inopportune spots. But um, I, I like I said, I, I think Brian Branch is could see some playing time. Um, and I'm going to cheat here. And I know this is really good radio with me trying to look something up, but um, That's I think okay. I think Sydney Brown, okay. I think Sydney Brown in uh, in Philadelphia has a shot at some significant playing time. Um, you know, obviously with with Marcus Epps, he left. He's he's with the Raiders. Um, and um, yeah, Devin Witherspoon, I think he's probably going to start right away. Um, but I think probably one of the other guys he looks like a monster. Uh, yeah. Devin with this. And I think one of the other guys, um, and I'm pretty much giving away the the store here with my article, Jertavius Martin in Washington could also kind of be a third, uh, kind of that third, uh, line of scrimmage safety. So, but a lot of the guys had liked, they announced their dress. So I was like, oh, what? no, <laughs> God, uh, let's, let's talk. So you said you wait on defensive back. Uh, when you wait, when you're drafting, who are you personally drafting there late? Who, who's some sleepers that you think are going to be guys that are worth putting on your roster at this stage? So Rodney Thomas with the Colts, um, he played some linebacker last year, but I think he could be Indianapolis's box safety. And you know what you mentioned, Marcus Epps. I think I'm a little, I ended up somehow being high on him. Um, I think I had him as my like DB 22 or 23. Um, I think he has a chance to play that, uh, that line of scrimmage safety. So um, I think Kyle Hamilton's in a pretty good spot. Um, Chuck Clark's gone. So, you know, he can kind of play, you know, kind of use his, his, the Baltimore can kind of use his speed and range. Um, so I think he could be in line for a, for a good, um, for, you know, good sophomore season. Um, I don't really like Terrell Edmonds. I know you had Terrell Edmonds, but inefficient. He's on my list. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an inefficient. I know he's, he's getting a new spot, but he's been such an inefficient tackler. He's a guy that'll play a thousand snaps, but he has 70 tackles. And it's like, Oh my God. It's just like, <laughs> he's like death by a thousand paper cuts. He just kills me. It's like, all right, he's going to have this full down roll. He's going to play up near the box. Awesome. And it's like, oh, he's got a 6% tackle rate. He's like, come on, you're <laughs> killing me. So let's do So I want to talk really quick. One more guy. I want to talk about Jaquan Brisker because we talked about uh, Jalen Petra. We talked about Kyle Hamilton a, a little bit, the, the sophomores. Uh, Brisker's the other sophomore, the other big name guy that a lot of people are drafting. Uh, what do you think about him in his sophomore season? Can he take a step? and become a, a big fantasy target. He's he's one he's he's kind of tough because he's playing now behind two pretty big time tackle machines. So that is kind of my only concern. I mean, he played behind Roquan Smith last year obviously and he still produced, but Nicholas Morrow was okay. Um kind of uh no, not as efficient so but when you have two kind of tackle dominant linebackers um, but he could be that third guy. I mean, I, I probably, if I can get him as in redraft as a, as a DB two, I'd probably be more comfortable. I think he's probably going to be going a little bit higher than that, but, um, as long as my defensive backs are playing near the line of scrimmage, they'll always kind of be in play for me. It's just, what do I want to spend on him? 
Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, Mike, uh, there are a million more players I want to ask you about, and I want to have this conversation. I need to just like a book you once a week. That's how <laughs> you do. Just you and I just chat. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Any final thoughts before we go? Any uh, Anything you want to plug or anyone that we uh, didn't mention you wanted to mention? No, I mean, just, um, yeah, I mean, content's starting to roll out. I'm trying to update my rankings when whenever news comes out. Um, check out my articles. Follow me on Twitter. Name's right there. Um, always happy to to talk defensive fantasy football and just subscribe to four for four. I mean, geez, we yeah. can't just with every everything. And and <laughs> please, if I if you ask me about offensive players, I'm just gonna refer you to Paulson because that's what <laughs> I reference when it comes to offensive players. So uh there was that I always there I always joke there's a, a scene in Liar Liar um when he's trying to talk and he's moving his lips and <laughs> and that's kind of me when people ask me about offensive players i'm like <laughs> i love the liar liar reference see i'm we're in the right age bracket too mike that's what that's oh, what liar, I liar is a funny movie liar, liar, liar is, is an excellent movie. i love really it good movie. still holds uh, up you're scared of the claw mike but uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seriously, everyone follow Mike at Mike Waller on Twitter, Mike underscore Waller on Twitter. Uh, uh, genuinely one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Even my burner account follows Mike Waller. So <laughs> that's what's interesting. Read all the stuff at four for four listeners. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at two guys, Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.